Hello. Yeah, dude. Sick. Any reproduction of this recorded? What are you doing? All right, so you want me to do a little explaining, is that it? Open, Open your ears, bitches. It's the Yad Yes, today we are talking about BMX culture. This is a very imprimatur-ish topic, but... Well, y'all do my best to attack it because I've also been in BMX for a long time. You know, I've been doing this shit. What is BMX culture, man? Where did it where did it start? Why did it change so much? And where's it going? You know, I think back you know, I think back around like the late 70s where BMX culture was, you know, probably getting together on a Sunday and and racing. You know, you're probably wearing an old pair of blue jeans and a old dingy white t-shirt and just getting out there and, and pedaling that was it that was the extent of BMX culture and you know everything's everything that surrounded that race but you know even that even that you think about inspiration now where did that come from motocross obviously motorcycle racing inspiration's been everything I know it's been everything for me um a lot of a lot of who I am, you know, a big part of who I am as a rider comes from watching other people. And I'm not afraid to say that I've mimicked a lot of other riders' uh styles. Because that that's that's been everything to me. Without inspiration, without these other riders, you what are you gonna do? BMX wouldn't be as diverse as it is, you know? I'm proud to be in BMX because of its diversity. And I'm going to talk to some people today. I'm going to do a call-in show. I haven't done one in a long time. And I had a couple people say they uh, wanted to do another call-in show. So we're going to do that. I might play a little bit of music, too. Um, I know, you know, in a podcast, you can only play so much music before someone catches it. So I'll do my best to try to, you know, put a couple snippets here and there. But... Trying to get like a little radio show vibe going, you know? That that night that night radio. That shit I used to listen to when I was a teenager, you know, that late night R and B, that quiet storm, man. Just put those vibes out there. So we're gonna talk to some people today and we're gonna talk about BMX culture. And I just you know, I just wanna talk to I just wanna get some opinions from us from some other people on on where they think it's at and their own personal stories of of culture and inspiration, you know, because like I said without inspiration, man, we we won't be diverse and we need that. And I know I talked about skateboarding a lot, but you know, skateboarding isn't isn't a bad thing to take inspiration from. It's not <laughs> Skateboarding's awesome, man. It's art, you know? It's a pure art form. We could be drawing inspiration from from plenty of other places that aren't as cool, man. Girls' pants. What else? Hey, yeah, as BMXers, man, we've we we need to look look within ourselves. We've done some pretty cringy, pretty cringy things too, you know, over the years. It's just, I remember we, you know, you wear a big, oversized pair of blue jeans, like a Jinkos or something, and then get like the smallest T-shirt you could. Like what? Are, why is that even? And I'm guilty of it. I did it. I followed all these trends. I'm still following these damn trends, man. I'm a 36 year old dude, and I'll throw a pair of dickies on, and cut them off at the bottom. I'm guilty. But I can also make fun of myself too. You know, I've always been very good at making fun of myself, and I think we all need to, you know need to realize that we're just you know we're on kids bikes at the end of the day so we need to we need we need to lighten up but yeah we're gonna talk to some people today i'm stoked on this call-in episode because it's the fucking i've always wanted to be on the radio man you know 
Um, before we get started on those calls and these and this music, I just wanted to touch on one thing real quick. Sometimes, kind of along the same lines, but but not really. Something I saw recently was, uh, uh, fuck, what was it, man? It was Chase Hawk. He posted something about. Fuck, I forgot the name of the app, but it was basically something where you could pay you could pay Chase Hawk to to give you a detail like not a detail, but like a personal message. Like if you had a kid who's who really likes Chase Hawk, you could pay him and the Chase Hawk would send him a message, like a video message like saying happy birthday or you know, you know, tuck your knees when you table or something like that. Throw brakes on if you want to do easy tricks again. Ah, I'm not saying I'm not talking shit, man. It's all in good fun. Um, but yeah, I just I saw that, man, and I just I was thinking about it, dude. That man, that's like You know what it, you know what it, you know what it makes me think of? I was at the county fair when I was a kid. I was probably about 12. As a matter of fact, that's the second county fair reference, I think. Since I started this podcast, I just like the county fair, but whatever. Uh, I was there, and I saw this magician, and he had a monkey with him. And he had the monkey, on a, monkey was on a string, and he would do tricks. And whenever you do a trick, people would, they pull out money. They pull out a dollar, they pull out, like, some change or whatever. And I remember the magician, and this is a very, this is a big moment for me because I learned a lot, you know. Uh, the magician, if he if he saw a kid holding out a dollar, he'd let the monkey go grab it. And then say there's a kid standing next to that other kid holding up a quarter, the monkey would go try to grab it, but the magician would pull him back. And I remember watching that and just thinking, man, this is all bullshit. This whole thing is fucking bullshit. Here I am thinking this magician is out here doing what he loves because... You know, that was the only, that, that's it. He's he's out here doing what he loved. That's it. But then I realized, man, he's just out here to make some fucking money, man. And I'm thinking about this thing that Chase posted, and it's like, he's the magician and the monkey. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I fucking, when I just said that, and the monkey, it reminded me of uh, Pimp My Ride when they used to, Put the crazy shit in it. Who was that guy? I think his name was Mike. Mad Mike. I think it was Mad Mike. And he used to be like, you got a chandelier in your car. And then when I said that, it fucking made me think of that. <laughs> Let me fucking stop, dude. We're going to get to some calls, play some songs, and we're going to do this shit. And we're going to talk about BMX culture. Sorry, Chase Hawk. Uh, I've never met you. You don't know me. Um, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of BMX. At its purest form. And that's it. Let's play some music. Fuck with me. <laughs> Yo, all your bitches got the green bow. Let's go. Yeah, dude, sick. BMX culture. Yep. Let's talk some shit. People worship these idols till they come in contact with God. Hoses all my disciples. You get mine, fuck with these broads. Life is just a recital. Better remember all that you practice when I die. Throw a couple bad bitches in my casket. Whoa, think it's time for a revolution. Me and my dogs about to start a riot. Still they sleeping, bet I'm eating. You and your people are on a diet. Tim Allen off home improvement. Tell a jet, but we going stupid. The hotline's open, hit me up. It's Friday. Turn it up! Yeah, huh, life is like a dream. Fill my double cup up with some leans. Yeah, put my in your clean. Yeah, rats coming in evergreen. Yeah, hold up, let me pop my. Talking, we gon' leave them in a ditch. I'll kill my brother. Stay with me, man, don't leave. Yeah. We're about to start talking. It ain't secret. Eskimo, the coolest DJ in the world. I'm the one that got the presence flattered. You are most of than anybody. You the type to get your man indicted. I'm the type to pull up in a spider. I'm the type of job a hunter, pull it hunter around, clip inside a dirty rifle. All right, we're back. We're back. Calm down. I know you don't like all like the shitty music I listen to. It's all good, man. We're done with it, all right? We're here. 
We're talking about BMX culture. Man, who who was the most inspirational rider of all time? I'm not talking about the best rider, the most skilled. I'm not talking about anything like that. The most inspirational, man. The one who inspired a, a cultural shift, you know? A change in the way we ride, the way we think about riding, the way we dress, everything like that. Who was the most inspirational? Let me know what y'all think. Let's get to this first call. As always, the hotline is open 24-7. You hit me up at 2 a.m., I'm rolling over in bed and I'm answering that shit. No, I'm just kidding. But it's always there. Hit me up. Suggestions, topics, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Talk shit. Call me a fucking... Whatever you want, man. 317-661-1339. Hello, who's this? Chris Doyle, and I am coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, selling them houses, man. You know what? I'm looking for a one-bedroom apartment, man. Uh-oh. Sounds like heartbreak. Yeah, some, you know, some shit went down at the house. It's just a temporary spot. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Doyle, what's going on, man? Today we're talking about uh, BMX culture. And honestly, like more importantly, I kind of wanted to talk about inspiration. Sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I was thinking about it. And me, on a personal level as a rider, I'd say like at least half or maybe even 60% of what I do is you know, coming from other people and like who I've watched. So I talk about like adopting the skateboarding style in this modern era of BMX, but it's not really a bad thing, you know, because you draw inspiration from everywhere. Yeah. You mentioned skateboarding. And I think as far as outside influences go, there's a lot worse things out there than being influenced by skateboarding. I, I think uh, the skateboarding culture is really cool. I think mm-hmm. their sport is really cool. I know a lot of skaters and they're all really cool. Uh, I also know a lot of dickhead skaters too, but I think that's just a personality <laughs> thing. I don't think it pertains to the actual sport yeah. that they do. But um, I myself, I mean, when, when I got into BMX, I was heavily influenced by other BMXers, but then you start to, see these outside influences coming in like mm-hmm. uh i'm guilty for sweating the hell out of skateboarding myself mm-hmm. um like in the in the i think mid to late 90s there was a video that came out the toy machine video called welcome to hell mm-hmm. and jamie thomas had a part in that and i i still to this day think that's one of the best video parts of all time not right. not in just like one category but yeah. like one of the best if you want to call action sports mm-hmm. video parts of all time, like it was a game changer. And I used to watch that video a lot. And that really influenced me because just, he was so gnarly, mm-hmm. big rails, big ledges, big gaps. So, um, and then I liked the way he dressed too. I even rocked the mm-hmm. black DCs with the, the, the gum sole and the white yeah. lace. It's just cause I, I sweated his style so much. Yeah. Um, but to me the like sweating, actually I should go back. So in his part in, in welcome to hell, he skates to iron maidens, uh, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. And I actually song jacked that <laughs> and used it for a, a local video called stock that I was in. And, uh, <laughs> so and other BMXers called me out on that. They're like, dude, you can't use that song. That's the Jamie Thomas song. I'm like, it's a different sport. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm guilty of doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seemed like more of a phase that I went through as far as being influenced by what, what skateboarding was doing. And then in, we'll, we'll say, you know, the early millennium, I, I started to really sweat the Pennsylvania guys because mm-hmm. they had this heavy motocross influence mm. and it seemed like such a such a normal progression i mean motocross and bicycle motocross right yeah uh, yeah that's a no-brainer so i i started to be heavily influenced by guys like Punjab and ground mm. chuck and uh if you remember ground chuck used to run the renthal mm-hmm. uh, pad on Bar his top pad. two of his yeah. handlebar oh yeah so i was like well i mean like I kind of indirectly like through them started sweating motocross and started using that as an outside influence um, for me and, and my riding just cause I liked those guys. And if, if those guys were into something, then I kind of wanted to be into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw that in the way that they dressed and the, the way that they rode and the style that they had. Um, there was just so much of a heavy moto influence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that kind of became my, my progression of things. And then during that time, I, I kind of stopped paying attention to skateboard culture mm-hmm. and, and what they were doing. Well, the, dude, um, 
around that time for motocross in general was just a real heavy time for that. I think of like crusty demons of dirt, you know what I mean? And like during those years, that was huge. And like you said, that toy machine during those years, skateboarding was big too. So it seems to like fluctuate. But one thing I was going to add was like, you get a, a big BMX rider, take like Dakota Roche, for instance, what, what he's inspired by is essentially going to turn into kids being inspired by that too, you know? Well, right. And there's exceptions to the rule. There's people that have never touched a skateboard, but they seem so heavily influenced by this skateboard culture and the way that they dress and the way that they, I don't know, <laughs> wear their hair and that yeah, their, their yeah. steez on the board. They try to take that to the bike, which is mm -hmm. almost impossible. But mm -hmm. for a guy like Dakota Roche, he grew up as a skateboarder. Like right, I, I think right, right. he started skateboarding and, and riding BMX probably within the same month. And same mm -hmm. thing goes for like Devin Smiley. Um, mm, that's right. Maybe even like uh, Garrett Reynolds too. Like mm -hmm. these guys grew up skateboarding and riding BMX. Uh, Dennis Anderson as well. Mm. Um, even for a guy like Dennis, uh, it was like, okay, what am I going to turn pro in first? And then like, you know, the BMX opportunity came first before skateboarding. Mm -hmm. So they put that on the back burner. So um, I, you can't really call out guys like that. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I always reference uh, Dakota's interview that he had on the Nine Club where they show clips of him riding BMX and they show clips of him skateboarding as mm -hmm. well. And you realize like, wow, this dude's just kind of good at everything. So yeah. for him to have that influence, it kind of seems like something that was always there. Mm -hmm. um, so I would never call any, any one of those guys out. But there are people out there that like, you, they look like they're heavily influenced by skateboarding and, and that culture, but they've never touched a board in their lives. And, and, and perhaps I was guilty of that in the, in the late nineties as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, not definitely not calling out Dakota Roche. He naturally brought that style into BMX because he was a skateboarder. But what I was saying was he, he took that and showcased it on his uh, you know, just how he rides and how, who he is as a person. And a lot of kids see that and they'll become that just like, you know, we did with Mike Aiken and shit like that their style uh yeah absolutely um i mean it, and there's nothing if dakota roche is their favorite rider of course they're going to want to dress right. like him be like him but i mean god if again if uh if you're going to be influenced by people you know i, I think <laughs> Dax yeah, no, that's, yeah for sure one of the gnarliest guys out but uh, yeah um i was also thinking about different like different aspects of bmx you're thinking of like mainly we were talking about street riding that's primarily where you're getting the skateboarding style from but then i start thinking about like bull riding for instance and me personally a, a lot of when when i ride a bull a lot of my inspiration actually comes from skateboarders like i think of that skatopia place in ohio where that dude he just has that gnarly like aggressive slasher style in a bowl and like i think about that a lot when i'm riding bowls so i i don't know i was originally just thinking about street riding but you think of bowl riding like i said and even like dirt riding where you draw inspiration i think of um clint reynolds like how how, how many people has he uh really just i, I don't know he, he's definitely influenced a lot of fucking trail riders oh yeah most definitely um him and uh, Matty Aquazap and yeah. that the whole Credence crew. Um, I see that a lot just being in Pennsylvania. Like a lot of the people around here really sweat their style. And yeah. got, you can tell they have a heavy influence over uh, a lot of the scene here. I know, I know mm -hmm. that for sure. I, I don't travel as much as I used to, so I don't get out and see as, as many um, different people. But yeah, you can definitely see their influence around here. Um, another guy... Uh, you talk about that slasher style mm -hmm. is uh brian yeagle um oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. grew up skateboarding and, and riding bmx as well mm -hmm. and if you see uh if you see yeagle skate a bowl you're like wow he doesn't look that much different on a skateboard that he does than he does on a bike just like loose style really fast um he's not like blasting big airs or anything mm -hmm. like that but you can definitely see his you know his personality on the board Mm -hmm. uh kind of comes through on the bike and vice yeah. versa yeah so I, I thought that was really cool because i didn't know like yeagle might be the best skateboarder in pittsburgh because <laughs> uh I, it's funny he doesn't ride bmx anymore but i've i've like ran into him at the local park and i'm like dude what's up and he's like oh, i'm just skating around and like other skaters just 
they think he's just a skateboarder. I'm like, no, you oh, guys don't realize okay. he's like one of the gnarliest BMXers ever. Like, that's interesting, um, man. Yeah, so it's it's a trip for sure. That's funny because like I just started racing BMX and nobody there, you know, obviously they don't know who I am. They don't know that I've been riding freestyle for you know twenty some years. They they have no idea. So it's just kind of funny to be like a new person there, you know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, and especially when you can show up as an older guy that has a lot of bike control, people yeah. are probably tripping. Like, who's that guy? Like, <laughs> right. But yeah. But that's cool. Have you been liking the racing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I have. There's always been this little competitive side to me and it's really a good way for me to kind of let that out and just like put it towards something, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's, you know, you cross the, whatever place you cross the finish line in, that's your place. Like, so yeah. um, it's an easy, clear cut way to be competitive. I mean, you start in the same place and if you cross the finish line first, you win. If you get second, third, fourth, like that's your placing. So yeah. Um, and it's weird I, that like, sorry, go ahead. I've been paying attention to you. You, you got your whole bike set up like a, a race bike. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit jealous because I say every year, I'm going to start racing again and I just never get back to it. Did you race at all before? As a kid, I raced a lot. Um, oh, okay. Just local stuff. Didn't ever really do a lot of nationals or anything like that. But uh, hmm. yeah, I, I loved it because all my friends raced and I'd be on the gate with like five or six of my other closest friends. And uh, like there was guys like Will Stroud um, mm-hmm. that I raced against before I even knew him, you know? So yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I love the racing and I miss it. And I, every time you post something, I'm like, Oh, I got to start racing again. Yeah. I just, I think I have like a competitiveness about me when it comes to freestyle BMX too, like at least a little bit, but there's always this level of like, you kind of, it's hard to explain, but I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but you just kind of held down by, by your own, like, what the fuck am I trying to say? I don't want to put myself out there like that. You know, I want to stay like this fucking underground dude, whatever you want to call it. But with racing, like none of that's there. And the goal is just to be really fucking fast. And I don't have to be afraid to show myself like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It is what it is, man. But it's been fun, dude. Um, I just want to ask you one quick kind of like a side question, man. Something I've been thinking about. Not really having to do with BMX culture. Maybe it does a little bit. But you made a really kind of a hard decision to to retire from pro BMX, you know. And I thought that was pretty honorable. And I know there's a lot of BMX riders who are kind of faced with that same challenge who may not know how to like make that decision you know so i just was wondering how that whole thing's going and like do you look at other riders who have been around as long as you and kind of you know see them being in the same place and maybe feeling for them a little bit i guess um i do i mean not a lot of i'm almost 40 now and i don't think there's many of my generation left that's still pro Uh, i still love love ryan nyquist um Mm -hmm. he is still killing it. He's still one of the best guys out. I don't care what anyone says. Mm -hmm. He should keep doing it as long as possible because he, I don't know, he's incredible. Um, But I mean, I guess for my class, as far as like being the dirt jumper, trail rider, pro, uh, I don't see that many of us left. So therefore I'm not like looking at these people like, Hey man, come on, hang it up. Um, But for me, the decision, I just, I feel like the the last three years of my pro career, I didn't really deserve to be pro. Like I'd be, I didn't feel like my skill level was where it needed to be. Um, I don't, in my, my heart was, wasn't really into professional BMX riding as much anymore. Um, my wife and I were, you know, starting a family, mm-hmm. I wanted to be home more. I uh, didn't want to be traveling as much. And I had this mentality and I'd be sitting next to a guy in, a, in the van, like say the kink van, mm-hmm. who is like super hungry, mm. who is like putting out killer content all the time and not making a quarter of what I'm making mm. and feeling kind of guilty about that. And then uh, for the last year of my pro career, especially just kind of feeling like I was milking it mm. and putting up the posts on Instagram and not really feeling great about it. Yeah. Still writing for a company like Rockstar Energy Drink, 
while I have a heart condition, I went through this, mm. the, the huge um, trauma of, of cardiac arrest and yeah. I'm still promoting energy drinks on my, on my, on my social media platforms. And I, yeah. every time I would post one, I would just feel like a freaking hypocrite. Mm. Um, and I was just, I, I, it felt so wrong. So when I finally did decide to hang it up, it almost felt like this sense of relief. Mm. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about liberating almost. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I tried to make it pretty clear that I was still going to be involved in the BMX community. I was still going to ride. Um, but you know, it's time for me to, to put it aside, to not, to not, to give other people a chance at my, my paycheck, um, and to have other people take advantage of all the great things that I, I did in my pro career. So I felt good about it. Like you said, it felt liberating. Um, and to be quite honest, I always wondered how my riding would be when I wasn't getting paid to do it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, it's not that different. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I still ride the exact same. I still like to rifle through my tricks. Um, yeah. And I haven't, being that I have a, a job now and I have two small kids, I don't have as much time to ride. So over the summer, I probably only had like half a dozen sessions probably more than that. But, but all the sessions were like, they meant something. They felt good. And like, I would leave the session like, man, that was freaking awesome. And I, Mm. you know, go back to my, my wife and kids and my normal job. And, um, it's a different feeling. I don't want to say it's better or worse, but I'm enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying these, uh, these, this time on my bike. Like I said, I I don't, I don't go riding because I have to, um, a hundred percent because I want to. And, it's a good stress relief I'm finding, um, you know, working a normal job now, like to go riding, I can really, you know, escape, um, the world of real estate for a little while, escape my, my family life for a little while. And just mm-hmm. when you're doing a tail up over a box jump or over a dirt jump, you're not thinking about all the stresses of your life. You're just totally, you're focused on that one pedal coming yeah. around. and landing yeah. on it. So, so, um, so yeah, I feel like this is a really long winded answer oh, to the did, question yeah. you asked, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for, you know, just putting a period on the end of the sentence and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my pro career. I'm still around. I'm relatively healthy and uh, I can just kind of look back and be, be proud of what I did and the connections I made and uh, the places I went. Well put, man. Damn, that was good. Uh, one thing I want to mention real quick is you talked about these sessions and just kind of escaping just a little bit. And it just makes me think about like people working nine to fives and how some people may frown on that, but, um, there's something to be said for earning little things like that in life, like earning that session at the end of the week, thinking about like weekend warriors. And it really is a good feeling. Like you said, man, when you, when you finally ride after like a week of going to work and you're done you just fucking feel good after that. It's, it's a real feeling, man. There's a good balance in life to it, you know? Oh yeah. Especially one of the last uh, trail sessions I had this year um, was just a few weeks ago and all the Credence guys were in town. Uh, All the guys we mentioned before, uh, Reynolds, Nutter, Mm -hmm. Matty Akwazap, got to ride Hazelwood with those, with those guys. And Hazelwood's kind of like home court advantage for me. So Mm. I got to look really cool riding big gnarly jumps with these guys. Yeah. And uh, it was just a heater of a session, just trains with those dudes, just blasting through the woods. Um, but I knew like the next week I had a closing. I was closing on, on my biggest deal yet. And I'm like yeah. thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I can't get hurt today. I can't yeah. like, you know, if I break an arm or something, you know, it's going to totally change things. I, I, I had to think about my job, but at the yeah. same time, I was, you know, just enjoying riding. But um, I remember getting into my truck at the end of the session and I was just like, fuck yeah, that was badass. Like that was, and especially when you ride somewhere like Hazelwood, like yeah. the jumps are gnarly. Uh, anytime you like make it out of there on skate, you're like, fuck yeah, like good yeah. session. So I, that's, that was a really memorable session yeah. uh, to kind of cap off the year as far as trail riding goes. For sure, man. Just with I, those dudes. But yeah, I was, I was really hyped on that. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> like an honest and pure feeling, you know. I, I don't know. I just like feeling those emotions like that where you've earned something and you can feel content at the end of it and you just feel good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, after my first closing um, a few months ago, like because I'm still only like six months into full-time real estate. It's my mm-hmm. first closing. I'm so excited. I got my buyers a place and um, 
I remember like middle of the day, I'm like, I'm going to get a couple beers tonight. Mm. I was like, or I could just go riding tonight. <laughs> and I just, I went riding instead. I was like, this yeah. is way better than, you know, trying to get a buzz on yeah, uh, yeah. drinking alcohol or whatever. So uh, I remember I was like, fuck, I'm, I called my wife. I'm like, I closed on the property. I was so proud. And I'm Hell like, yeah. I'm going riding. And she's like, yeah, you've earned it. I'm like, fuck yeah. So um, yeah, it's, that's like kind of a feeling that I, I still like to chase. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you, Doyle. Uh, it was awesome hearing from you, and I hope I catch up with you soon, man. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Hopefully, uh, yeah, uh, we can get back to events, um, indoor <laughs> indoor parks, going maybe to raise or something. But uh, yeah, or yeah, we can meet at Skatopia. <laughs> there we go. Well, <laughs> once that's in Ohio, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll see about this weather. <laughs> All right, dude. Take it easy. Congrats on everything. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Later. Later. The D man. Thanks for hitting me up, Chris. Big ups. Much respect. Damn kids. I'll never forget it, man. That yellow DK. I'll never fucking forget it. The suicide truck. (laughs) Hey, that's BMX culture. Doing your own thing, man. Doyle, I feel like you've been doing your thing for a long time, dude. You kind of developed your style early on, and you just stuck with it, man. Perfected it. I love it. Let's keep this thing going. Let's take another call. Yeah, dude, sick. Who's this? Brendan Vale. I'm currently living in New York City here, originally from right outside the city. And uh, yeah, ride Malali Bike Park all the time. Hell yeah. That's actually a good point because that's the reason I wanted to talk to you. You sent me a sticker a while back and said, this is not skateboarding. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> The topic today is BMX culture, man. And I just, someone suggested the topic to me. Uh, Sadly, I forgot who that was. I apologize, whoever you were. Uh, I appreciate it though. Um, But, you know, I started thinking about it and I was like, damn, man, that's true. Like what's wrong with BMX culture just being BMX culture? And you, like I said, you sent me that sticker. So I know you got some shit to say about it. Yeah, I mean, that sticker was kind of made in response to, uh, you know, there's a lot of skate parks that go up in New York and, you know, some of them we're not allowed into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we kind of build our own stuff. So, you know, it's not, and the the floor is kind of shot at the park. So, you know, we are a bike park, you know, and it was just kind of, kind of, just a little uh, jab at uh, yeah, us it's not like being allowed in a lot of places, which is yeah, kind of it's kind of a jab you know? back at them, you know. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been we we have a little crew. We used to go and ride like the big cement park all the time in the mornings and try not to get kicked out and stuff. So shout out yeah. to the boys. Hell yeah, I've always had an issue with uh, getting kicked out of skate parks. I never really took it very well, you know. I've all at least you got to have an argument about it if you're gonna get kicked out because I think I I could make some really good points as to why BMX bikes aren't as destructive as they once were, and a lot of those people who are kicking people out may be living in those days, you know. Yeah, I think it's just the people they want their uh, kind of spot to themselves, you know. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, yes. Yeah less people kind of ripping lines during their session so mm-hmm. yeah it's understandable yeah. Yeah, i was kind of thought about skateboards as our cousins you know yeah i mean it, it's crazy because i grew up riding with skateboarders a lot and you know i uh like actually someone who kind of inspired me with a lot of stuff i do Vinny rafa he's a guy who owns skateboard companies and a shoe company back in the day called nice skate shoes and dead-end skateboards mm. And he, he ran all these companies, like, out of his house, across from my friend's house growing up. So we'd always be getting all the tons of free stuff from him mm-hmm. and everything. And, you know, like, the there is very uh, intertwined skateboarding and BMX, you know, mm-hmm. but there definitely is differences, too. And I think a big thing with the skate parks is that they're being built by skateboarders. Mm-hmm. And they want to support skateboarding, you know, of course. So it's mm-hmm. like if you, you're you getting it specifically built for what you want mm-hmm. and you're getting those kind of rules put in because at the end of the day, it helps the skateboard industry over, you know, getting kids riding scooters or bikes or rollerblades mm-hmm. or whatever else they want to be in there. You know, it 
it more pushes that skateboard side of things, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Actually, that's a good point because a lot of the skate parks around my area in Indianapolis are um, recently, there's a lot of parks that have been popping up by a company called Hunger. I think they're called Hunger Parks. Yeah. And they're cool, man. Like they're all, they're good concrete parks, very artistic, um, smooth concrete, you know, everything's good quality, but it, it is really like a skateboard driven or a skateboard oriented style overall. They all have their subtle differences, but there's just this, there's always just a little something lacking for me as a BMX rider, man. I just need a couple little, maybe some, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but you know what I'm saying, man. Yeah. You want something a little bit bigger, like a little more transition based than yeah. like having stairs in the park, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to ride stairs, there's plenty of stairs outside yeah. of the parks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Street at the park, man. Yeah. And I mean, but that, that's kind of why they build them too. You know, it's like, that's they want to take this wild shit that's going on mm-hmm. in the street and mm-hmm. fucking put it in a safe, kind of mm. little box you know yeah so then you don't have this wild reckless shit going out right. on the street so much and everyone's into a little zone and you know where everyone's at all the time you know yeah yeah totally agree with that um it does suck a little bit of soul out of you know street riding but we ain't got to get that deep into it yeah um, yeah that's a whole <laughs> other another object you know <laughs> yeah how you feel about industry driving this uh, skateboard culture and kind of ad- adopting that as the like the driving force behind these new trends in BMX? I mean, I think it's just kind of what people are seeing and doing. I don't know if it's like industry pushing it as much, but like, you know, everyone sees like a hot new thing and fucking jumps on it and pushes that. And then like, people switch it up and do something else and then everyone's going that direction then, you know? And it's like, everyone's kind of just following the next guy. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And riders. There is a lot of skateboard shit, but it's also, there's that, there's a whole, there's tons of BMX shit, you know, Mm -hmm. there's ramp riding and there's racing and Mm -hmm. everyone got their own little, and racing has a totally different aesthetic than Mm -hmm. freestyle altogether, you know? Yep. And it's hard to really, I think, put BMX in a in a box because of that, because you have like these different kind of influences from like motocross and from kind of punk rock and street yeah. style and skateboarding and yeah, you know, hip hop and all this different shit kind of blends together. So it's kind of like this weird fucking everything pizza, you know? Yeah, yeah, pizza, um, New York. Yeah, it's got a little of everything on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but dude, that's another great point because you think about, like you said, race culture. How about trail riding? Like, they're, they're no, you know, they're not drawn from skateboarding at all, yeah. dude. You yeah, know? there's no, you know, no one's putting a fucking rail on a 50 foot. I mean, people are putting <laughs> rails on doubles and shit, probably, but I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's a it's not really race driven and it's not really kind of from the street culture, but it's definitely its own thing, you know, and it has its own vibe. Yeah. It's crazy to think about People have their own little brands that kind of tend to that stuff too, you know? Yeah. There's like Credence and Relic and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So everyone kind of has their own like little niche sections. And then there's like Flatland, which is fucking just crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, That's more like just its own beast, you know? Yeah, it's crazy to think about riders and how actually how how powerful they really are when they, you know, when they do what they do, when they wear what they wear. I think it reminds me of like when Mike Aiken started wearing girls pants and like that I think he was responsible for all of us doing that shit, you know? Yeah, all the all the tight pant kids popping up and Yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing like you know at one point you could go to a spot and there'd be like seven kids with that style, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the girls pants thing, I don't think that really um, bled into like, you know, just society in general, like outside of BMX. I think that was very restricted to BMX, man. That's pretty crazy. I, I think it was somewhat in like kind of punk and music scene, you know, people mm. were kind of wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardcore scene. At the time, you know, oh, so I think it kind of bled in from that and kind of came came to fruition in the freestyle side of things yeah 
Yeah, man. Where do you see BMX culture going though, man? Because you know, we've changed so much. I don't know how long you've been in to BMX, but obviously the, this shit has just really changed over the years, but. Yeah, man, I think it's just going to keep, you know, just getting crazier and crazier. You know, it's like <laughs> shit people used to only be able to do on like a 12 foot ramp now. Mm-hmm. Like people can do down steps, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think like they'll, people are just going to keep pushing things crazier and crazier. And I don't know, BMX is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Every time you think people kind of tapped out on everything something else people figure out some other crazy part of the bike to grind on or something yeah sometimes i see bmx um or sometimes i feel like bmx is growing a little bit whereas skateboarding has maybe like plateaued you know peaked out a little bit i just see a lot more bmx um just in general i see it like everywhere now like as opposed to like maybe five years ago where it was at a pretty you know it was at a pretty big low yeah, I mean, I think I think it's huge, especially if you take into account, like, I know people aren't going to want to take this into account for BMX, but all the wheelie kids. Yeah, exactly. And all those SE bikes, because at the end of the day, those are BMX bikes. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's a thing that the bike industry should have picked up on long before it was, like, making bikes for every size person, you know, not, like, Yo, this kid's four foot eight and weighs sixty pounds. Yo, he's riding an S and M Sabbath. This guy's six five and three hundred pounds. He's riding an S and M Sabbath. You know, it's like, yeah. dude. Now they got you know twelve inch bikes with aluminum for little kids and twenty four, twenty two, twenty six, twenty nine. Yeah. And it's like it's like snowboarding. You know, you pick the right snowboard to do what you're gonna do and for your size. It mm. wouldn't just be like yo everyone rides the same size snowboard you know yeah hell yeah man i think that's um, bike riding i think bmx should pick up more on that is like other wheel sizes and like even dudes who ride like mountain bikes that are like bmx style shit you know it's like it's still bmx it's just a bigger wheel you know Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm hell yeah man well hey brendan man i appreciate uh your time dude and uh Seriously, man, I got to get you on here because I, I got a lot of shit I want to ask you about. So let's make that happen soon, all right? Yeah, definitely, man. It's good talking to you. Hell yeah. Take it easy, man. Yeah, have a good one. All right, later. Later. And thank you for that call, man. More BMX culture goodness coming in. People all over the motherfucking country, I guess. All over the world would be sweet, but hey, it is what it is. New York. New York. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, man. Sometimes I just like, <laughs> I just run out of shit to say, but I feel like I still got to say something. So I just said to like say random shit, man. Anyways, dude. Uh, <sighs> All right. Let's go for one more call. We got one waiting here and then we're going to wrap it up and I'm going to get this weekend started, man. I just cleaned my house. I'm sorry, man. Let's take this last call. Hello, this is Yeah Dude Sick Podcast. Who's this? Jay Sloan calling from Red Bluff, California. Oh, hey, long time caller, man. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, maybe, no, we've had a couple like repeat callers, but hey, man, I appreciate the support. We're talking about BMX culture. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, yeah. How <laughs> about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, uh, I've never understood why, you know, bike riders buy skate stuff. Um, I'm guilty of it too. Uh, sometimes it's just availability, but yeah. I remember you talking about BMX standing on its own, man. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it can, Mm. you know, there's a lot of parts on a bike that we can't just get made. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't know. I don't even know. I, I don't know where to start with that one. What about your shoes, man? What kind of shoes? Shoes are wearing? pretty important to me. Um, I've worn Vans, Etnies, you know, uh, a lot over the last 20 years. Uh, I decided to start uh, buying STGs just because it's a rider-owned company. And I'm always down for anything BMX. Yeah. Um, 
I just like to see the money go back into mm. our activities instead yeah. of skateboarding. Like I got no problems with skateboarding. I like it a lot. Um, but they keep to their own kind of. Yeah. I remember you were saying you kind of vibe with skaters even, even better than you do with BMX riders sometimes. I kind of do. Um, I've never really understood why. Um, it's just one of those things. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Yeah. Maybe it's just part of what, you know, I, in my late teens, when the BMX industry kind of fell off, it was down in my hometown, it was down to me and pretty much one other guy. And uh, then he kind of stopped riding too. So it was pretty much just me. And uh, so I rode with skaters a lot. And maybe that's where some of my influences came in. I feel like skateboarding kind of has found their identity, whereas BMX as a, as a whole, like in general, is still kind of searching for it because we, we tend to fluctuate so much, you know? Yeah. I don't know where that, yeah. Um, there definitely seems to be kind of like a, uh, a difference in perception mm. between skaters and bike riders. Like, and I don't know what that is exactly. Um, bike riders seem to be kind of just okie dokie, uh, take whatever I can get my hands on mm. and, and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm speaking general, generally. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different scenes. There's people really doing things. And, you know. Oh yeah. A majority of what I say on this podcast is in general for everyone listening. I'm not talking about anybody specific. I know there's a lot of diversity in BMX and I love it. I just speak in generally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, because there's all kinds of crews that are out there. They're putting in work, uh, concrete, dirt, wood, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always wondered, like, why is the skateboarding industry able to make money? And we're not. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's, like, the sheer, like, size of it or just the, you know, it's it's very accessible. And it. I think it's more accessible than BMX just given the cost of a skateboard, you know? Yeah, there's, uh, their, their overhead costs are, are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking about, like, you know, the, the, the initial start of, like, skateboarding and, and BMX and – you know, having it, it, that it started in Southern California, I don't think it could have uh, blossomed like it did as quickly anywhere else, but there, because, because of the industry in Southern California, there's, you know, especially back in the, you know, the sixties, seventies and eighties still, there was a machine shop on every corner. There was also an ad agency on every corner. So anything you wanted to get going, you could, you could do that. Yeah. Uh, there was always a place to get something made and there was always a place, you know, where you could get some help to learn how to uh, market it. Yeah. So, you know, like I think about like hip hop in comparison to skateboarding, like skateboarding Mm -hmm. took off really quick. Mm -hmm. Hip hop took probably a good 15 years before it really took, took hold and Mm -hmm. and took off. Yeah. Because there was hip hop, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't developed. It was kind of a mix between what was already there and what, you know, the movement was trying to become. Yeah. And I wonder, if, you know, if that had started in Southern California because of the Hollywood factor, if it would have taken off quicker, mm. you know, you know, I just had a thought, man. It's like when you go back to, you know, BMX versus skateboarding and the accessibility of it and just the, the amount of people who do it, think about this, man. If you learn, to ride a BMX bike down a street, you pretty much just, you learn how to ride a bike. That's cool. But if you learn how to skateboard down a street, it's like you fucking learned how to skateboard, man. You know, it's just a little different. Like it just, I don't it know. Is. I, uh, it always seems like, like I had friends in high school that, that got sponsored pretty easily. Um, and it drove me nuts because they were good, but they weren't necessarily, you know, they weren't pro status, but they could go and get a free deck. You know, yeah, really. Whereas, you know, trying to get it sponsored in the bike industry is like um, finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and getting, getting a free frame as opposed to a free deck is like a night yeah, and day a, difference. You know, it's worlds apart. Yeah, it's a big deal. And like, I think there's different standards. Like, I, 
I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's that skateboarding or skateboarders are more involved in trying to promote it at so many different levels. You know, like they had, yeah. they were the first to have like 10 year old kids, mm-hmm. you know, as, you know, not necessarily professionals, but semi pro or whatever. Yeah, like uh, in the spotlight, heavy. Yeah, you know, and we don't get that. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, I, we had a few throughout the years, but it wasn't like how skateboarding kind of, sh- you know, shined them. It's like yeah. as a child prodigy in BMX, you still had to like work your way up, I feel like, to get to that spotlight. But in skateboarding, if you're like a phenom as an eight-year-old kid, you're going to be up there. Yeah, if you can, you know, if you can ollie down a three-star, like, you know, hey, you got a free deck and some wheels and some, probably some shoes. You know, BMX, yeah. if you don't backflip down that three-star, you, you ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's switch gears real quick, man. What do you, what do you like about BMX culture? Because there's a lot of good shit too, you know? Um, I like it all, I guess. Um, the long pause kinda, makes me nervous. And I, I'm in a weird space right now because I'm kind of coming back to, um, I'm almost anti-social anymore. Um, so I can't say it's for the, you know, for the bro hands and all the friends and stuff that mm, I've made. Yeah. That's a good part of it, but that's not why I do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't hop on my bike to make friends. If I do, that's fucking rad. Mm. But, um, so I don't, I don't know that I'm really involved in BMX culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Other than, <laughs> you know, I don't have anything for sale. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not making a zine or anything. I'm not really putting anything out there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like the bikes. I, I like the idea of you know manufacturing and, and machining and welding and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. maybe that's what really piques my interest in it. I don't know. Yeah, I think if if I was to answer that, I'd probably say the diversity of it because I think BMX, you know as opposed to the other kind of action sports is probably the most diverse in that you got so many different sides of it. You know, you got flatland racing, dirt, concrete, like you could even break concrete down to like plazas versus bowls. Like there's a whole fucking slew of different aspects of this shit. That's what I love about it. Yeah. uh, I I like to try to, it's it's cool to try to get into all, any different kind of scene. Like you go get into the trails, and uh, you get to feel that fill out that vibe. You do the street, the park, yeah. Um, and it all comes with its own vibe, and that mm-hmm. that is definitely awesome. Uh, there's the cool thing about a kid getting into to BMX is there are so many avenues that it, so many doors that it opens up mm. for your interests. And I don't know that there's any other activities that really bring out um, interest and thing that you weren't expecting when you picked up that bike. Right. Um, Whether it's photography, videography, Mm. writing, um, machining, welding, fabrication, Mm -hmm. construction. There's a lot. Damn. Building ramps, getting into concrete work and rebar. marketing and advertising there's a million different skills that come out of getting into a bike that um you know for a 10 year old kid to get into you learn how to fix your bike uh you get you're doing all this stuff on your own kind of you you might get some you know most kids get a little help from their parents or whatever but i don't know uh, i think most of us are kind of on our own (laughs) figuring out all this stuff you know and yeah it, it opens up a lot of possibilities for interest. And I think that's rad. That's huge, man. That's fucking, that's the culture right there. Like, and one thing you didn't mention was just networking in general and like having the ability to, to fucking reach out to people like, like you, for instance, if I come to Cali, like sure as hell going to fucking hit you up. Like, yeah, you got You got a place to stay. Man. Exactly. Like, like, this is, this is some powerful shit, man. That's why I love about it. You know? No, I had a friend, uh, he joined a, a men's club. And uh, I was I was poking fun at him because uh, 
it's kind of a funny men's club, but <laughs> what the, hey, what is a men's club, man? I'm just like spacing uh, that. He joined a fraternity, uh, oh, not okay. like not a Mason, but kind of like that. Oh, okay. And uh, and he was talking about all this brotherhood and stuff, and I was like, man, I I was like, how much do you have to pay for that every month? He's like, yeah, there's like monthly dues. I was like, that's lame, man. I I can go anywhere in the world, anywhere yeah. in the world, find a yeah. bike shop, a skate park. Uh, whatever little spot and make a few friends and I can find a place to stay and a meal to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. And it's not forced either. Like the other, like the Masons, like you say, like that's kind of, you, you jump into that and it's kind of like a forced thing. Like it's a, it's a, it's a brotherhood that you, you conform to it. Yeah. There's guidelines and shit to it, you know? Yeah. No, this is all free. Like you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't like uh, what's going on around you. Well, you pick up your bike and go find another crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, man. Uh, nah, I, I, I've been trying to like figure out like wh what I had to say about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I keep drawing a blank. I was like, ah. <laughs> well, let's hit on one more thing before I let you go, man. Uh, I'm just going to throw a kind of a oddball question at you. How do you feel about ethics and BMX? Ethics. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, yeah. I see a lot of goonery uh, <laughs> in, in bike riding. And maybe that's where I was going when I said, like, I tend to vibe pretty well with skateboarders. Like, mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking back to like when I was growing up as a, you know, so-called street writer, quote unquote, mm. but, um, I always made it a point to not argue with, uh, security guards or cops when I'm getting kicked out of a spot, um, unless they're clearly being disrespectful towards me on a, on a personal level. Um, but otherwise, you know, they start coming, I don't even wait, I'm gone because I don't want to, um, I don't want anybody to remember who I am <laughs> when I'm out street riding. I don't right. want everybody to know who I am. I don't right. want to, uh, and I don't want any hassles because I want that spot to stay there. Yeah. I don't want it to get roped off or chained off or removed. So I want to enjoy that spot as long as I can. Yeah. So, so I'm going to take care of it. I'm not going to get in arguments with cops and security guards. I'm mm -hmm. not, if, uh, if I do something bad to it, I'm going to try to fix it if I can. Mm -hmm. um, just take care of, take care of your spots. You yeah. know, uh, don't draw a lot of attention to yourself. And, yeah, yeah, uh, man. You know, you don't need to show up to the spot with a bunch of forties and blunts and getting wild and, you know, creating a sideshow out of it. Go right, yeah. get your clip and go. Hell yeah, man. Take care of your spots. Of, what's that? I said, take care of your spots, man. You know, one of the things, uh, we were talking about street riding before. And uh, I think there's a lack of BMX racing influence on street riding now. Yeah. That's something I would like to see come back because uh, I like to see people pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nobody pedals anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, man. Nobody fucking pedals anymore. Like, and I think that's kind of, you know, when we're talking about culture and stuff like that, like, you got to, you can't just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to ride street. That's all I do. I don't care about any of these other guys. Um, we should all be supporting each other. And yeah. uh, I thought of, you know, I, I always hate saying back in the day, we used to this or we used to that, you know, but um, you used to bump into racers like at the, at the dirt jumps or yeah. the manual pad or your wall, local wall ride or whatever it is. Right. Everybody rode everything. It wasn't mm -hmm. just, you know, uh, maybe it's because we weren't filming everything and trying to make a, a you know, a, a job out of it or something. But you know, flatlanders, uh, vert riders. Well, we didn't have a lot of vert riders, but whatever. You know, we all met up at the same spots. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I think it's just, it comes down to the way bikes are. A race bike is not, you know, conducive to going out and riding in the street too much. You can. Yeah. You know, you can sprint and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, you do a 360 off a of five star, it's probably going to fold. yeah i talked to a bunch of bmx racers and i was just kind of bummed to hear that they don't follow freestyle at all yeah i've always i don't i i guess i never really followed racing heavy but i would definitely like know about it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i knew fucking connor fields i knew who he was for a while and all, all the big name people but yeah yeah, I kind of um, I stopped paying attention to racing at all, pretty much. I think when Snap folded, mm. um, that was actually a pretty decent magazine. I almost like that one more than I liked Ride. Mm. Um, I like Keith Mulligan's style a lot. Yeah, uh, I think his years at Ride were one of the better uh, runs that they had too. Mm. But. <clears throat> uh, yeah, like they don't, a lot of racers, they don't, I think they just, they don't know how, you know, to kind of get involved. And yeah, I keep, I keep coming back to the bikes. Like a race bike just isn't conducive to doing a lot of other things. It's right. not like it was 25 years ago where we all rode the same bike. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a, a young kid, he'll be at the BMX track, you know, a racer kid, then he'll go want to check out the skate park one day and he'll try to ride it and just, it will feel so wrong, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that gets discouraging and it's, yeah. You know, that's the downside of, uh, of BMX is that you need a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Because, <laughs> you know, honestly, yeah, it, if money were, were, no, were no issue, I'd probably have about three to five different bikes. You know, oh, yeah. a flatland bike, a race bike, maybe not a race bike. I don't know if I can make it out of the first term without moving. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, bikes that are designated for certain things because, uh, you know, trying to go do a flatland trick on a race bike that sucks that's not fun you know (laughs) and same thing with you know trying to pedal really fast on a modern street bike like Mm -hmm. that's really starting to irk me now like Mm -hmm. watching people pedal on a bike with a 12 inch back end and a 10 inch pair of handlebars yeah doesn't look good yeah and then you got the uh the free coaster slack where it's on you'll get like a quarter crank with like (laughs) nothing it just doesn't like i don't know maybe i'm old or whatever no it's know? cringy man i mean i'm old too but this, <laughs> okay, it's so fucking it's, weird to see it's not just me but uh like uh who was uh somebody posted a picture of uh stricker mm-hmm. and i started thinking about him a lot and i was like that dude knew how to pedal yeah he was a good peddler man you like watching him start at something was just as good as whatever trick he was going to do. Same thing with uh, Taj. Taj was a different kind of peddler. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like super powerhouse. Yeah. Like you see the rubber just coming off his tires when he, when he starts out at something. Yeah. Like, uh, I want to see more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, but at the end of the day, like pedaling is the most important thing on a bike. If you take the pedals off, it's a fucking scooter. So, make it conducive to being pedaled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A pair of gerbil cranks and, and really tall handlebars, just, it, it's making it, it, it just doesn't look good to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, you know, yeah, those bikes are more ergonomic or whatever, but, um, you know, style-wise, it just doesn't translate well to me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, Jay, dude, I appreciate you hitting me up, man. Right on, man. Always a pleasure talking with you. Hell yeah. I'm going to talk to you soon, all right? All right. Let's let's do it. All right, bro. Take it easy. All right, man. You too. Later. Later. Thank you for that call, Jay. Jay Sloan, Jay Slizzy. Out on the West Coast, man. I talked to I talked to New York today. I talked to I talked to Pittsburgh. And I played Mac Miller earlier, so that that works. And then I talked to California, man, my least favorite state in the in the country. You know, it's a it's a big state, a lot of people. I used to think I wanted to to live in California when I was younger. You know, you see pictures of it and shit. It's like, man, I want to be there, dude. Everyone looks like they're having a good time, but I feel like the older I got, the more I just wanted to stay confined to the Midwest. I don't even know why, man. I just got you know, I got comfortable here, and I I enjoy it. I enjoy the pace. 
you know, everyone takes it a little slower. And there's the, even even drivers are a little slower around here, you know. And there's certain cars too. There's certain Midwest cars. You got a fucking what's it called a uh, a Chevrolet Beretta, <laughs> classic Midwest car. Um, a Buick Skylark. My dad used to have a Skylark. <laughs> he had a Skylark when I was a kid, man. Um, he had a name for it, but I forgot what it was. He also had a. It was like a Ford Escort, but it was like a. It was like a station wagon, though. It was like the size of an Escort, but it was a station wagon. And he got it for free from one of his friends. And we called it we called it the dog car because it smelled like dogs really bad and there was dog hair everywhere. And every time... We, <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story, man. I may have told this story, so I'm sorry if I did. We used to... Whenever we drive past my friends, I'd see them outside. We would duck in the back so no one would see us. I swear I've told this before, man. And if I did, that's weird that I'm repeating the same obscure just story that doesn't even mean anything but anyways man back to the fucking topic bmx culture look i talked to a few people i love bmx culture i love it i love i love the the stupid shit we did i love the cool shit i love i love inspiration too you know we got to be inspired and then we take that and we we adapt it to make it work for us you know, we take what, what someone else may be doing, the cool shit that they're doing, well, at the time, what we think is cool, girls' pants, and then we just we just adapt it. You know, we mold it to fit our lifestyle and, and what we do. That's everything in life, man. Inspiration is everything. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, this is episode 22, which means we got two more before the break. You know, just like last time, probably take a month off. Maybe two months. Maybe I'll just hibernate for the winter and catch y'all next summer. No, I can't wait that long. But hey, thanks for buying up the t-shirts real quick. Uh, The long sleeve shirts, those sold out pretty quick. uh, Except I do have one medium left, but it seems like nobody wears mediums anymore. It's just like, you know, the drinks at McDonald's. The medium is what the large used to be. And the small is what the medium used to be. Everything's getting bigger, man. But yeah, I got one medium left. Thank you all, whoever bought one. And for those of you who paid more than what I was asking, like I was going 20 shipped. I had a couple people pay me 30, 35. And I was just completely blown away by that by that, and just kind of confused. But man, I really appreciate that. Let me recoup some of them funds, son. I'm going to go get this weekend started. It's Friday. I hope you all have a good weekend. Hit me up. Let me know what you're doing this weekend. And if you're in the indie area, holler at me. Let's meet up for a session because it's never too cold. It's all relative to the shit you got on, I guess. I don't fucking know. Now I'm just rambling. It's time for me to go. And I love y'all. And I'm gone. I'm out. Hey, Devontae. Nigga, don't you know we're going to sew up every bitch in the country? Me and you up in the same motherfucking room. My adversaries cry like hoes, fully eradicate my foes. My lyrics explode on contact. Came in you hoes, who else but me?